tell them here and let them be. Well, I got something deep inside of me. I can't hide it anymore. It needs to be so free. There's no time to let this tale get old. No, no, no. It's the best. Welcome to the show. <laughs> My guest is uh, a good friend of mine. It's uh, writer Stephanie Coggins. Hello. Uh, also, I should say uh, the first guest I've had on that's also a veteran of podcasting. Uh, yes. You have your own podcast. I do. It's uh, called Cinema Craptaculous. Yes. And I co-host it with uh, three guys who uh, are really funny really nerdy guys who love bad movies as much as I do. So we get together and we watch some of the classics, like all the Sharknado movies, for yeah. example. Yes. And we discuss. Um, so, uh, yeah, we've been doing that for a little while, and uh, we're coming up on our 40th show soon. So, wow. Uh, fingers crossed that'll come up soon. And, uh, yeah. That's cool. Uh, so that's actually, yeah, that's one of your many skills. Uh, I know you, of course, through screenwriting. Yes. Uh, we were in a program together, a writing program, and uh, I, um, well, for, I do have a writing-related question, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it's kind of related to, I guess, maybe more of your public bio. Uh, uh, you're currently, uh, I'll say, uh, a writer on a show called Trinkets. Yes. For Netflix. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, I usually, I like to, you know, when I have a guest on, I, usually, I try to tell them something they've never heard before about them or our relationship as kind of a little little preview of like what's in store when you talk about your own story that no one's ever heard <laughs> before um so yeah we were in the for the audience we were in the writing program together and you know like in life uh or school or a work setting you know wherever you sit at the first day of class is like where you sit the rest of the semester <laughs> like that I, that happens in so many it's like yeah. timeless. Yeah, it's Doesn't like change. I cannot move from this seat. Yeah, I mean, even if you, even if you, whoa, that was a loud motorcycle. Even if you think about moving, you're almost like, no, I, I can't. It'll mess up the order. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So for whatever reason, somehow Stephanie and I uh, would sit sat together next to each other yeah. uh, in this program, basically the whole term. And you would give me like candy every day. That, like you were trying to get me like hooked on sugar. That, that's, what, that, that's what I was going to get into. I was going to say like, <laughs> I yeah, I used to just basically pass, there would be a, a candy basket and I would always kind of force you, not force, but I would always hand you M&Ms and you would force feed me M&Ms. yeah and the, i guess the the admission was like uh it felt good <laughs> i was like a, a candy pusher yeah yeah was, you was, were like first dose is free <laughs> yeah i don't know it just felt good to just try to get you to eat m&ms and, yeah uh, i think i actually did like a few times like i was yeah. like yeah i'll go ahead and eat these this is fine but there were a couple times when i was like i can't yeah uh, it was like well, for me, it was trying to figure out which candy you were gonna you were gonna respond to. Yes, uh, you know, because there was like 
chocolate bars, things like that. And then the the tiny M&M like, <laughs> where you can kind of just like pick out a couple at a time yeah, seem to many be M&Ms. the most effective. Um, so, yeah, that's a little insight into life in a writing program. <laughs> it's just sitting at a... We didn't learn anything. We just yeah. ate chocolate. Yep. Sat around for a couple of hours and yeah, ate candy. Uh, <laughs> but I guess so what I think would be kind of cool to discuss um, as at least at that time, uh, um, you were focused on half hour comedy. Yes. But currently you write, write on a, uh, one hour drama. That's right. Well, actually the show that I just wrapped on, um, it is a drama. However, it's 30 minutes, um, or half hour, um, because of Netflix, like it's soft, like it'll probably be longer depending on what the script was. Okay. But, um, yeah, it's still my, my pocket is hour long. And I was um, comedy for a while, just trying to figure out where I fit in into the landscape. Um, by the time I got into the program with you, I was um, pretty um, experienced with writing half-hour pilots and yeah. specs specifically. Um, but as, as the years went on, I kind of realized that you know the kind of stories I want to tell are a little bit more emotional, a little bit more like uh, okay. You know, it could be scarier, sadder than what I wanted to. I mean, than, than what I was doing with comedy at the time. Yeah. So I guess what, um, you know, because it's very, very challenging to have a portfolio of writing, period. So mm-hmm. for you to have mostly, you know, comedy stuff and then you're like, you know, I want to write more serious material and I can't really use, you know, years of material I've been writing. Yeah. To, to you know to for that like how did you I guess make that conversion or what steps yeah. did you take well it felt like starting over for sure um I think the biggest thing that helped was getting a show runner's assistant uh position or I got a job as a showrunner's assistant on being Mary Jane the last season on BET and um that was good because that was like front and center here is an hour-long drama yeah that you're going to be working on every day um and I really was able to learn quickly mm-hmm. how to start writing hour long. Okay. Um, and um, even though I wasn't there in a staff writer capacity, I still was able to, you know, read all the scripts and watch all the dailies and really got a sense of the, the, the rhythm and, you mm. know, the, the kind of emotional beats. Yeah. Uh, so that was a really quick um, way to learn how to do it. And I had a blast. Like, it was a great experience. So going back home, I would just write, like, you know, my hour-long pilot ideas that I'd had for a few years. And it's like, okay, this is the time. I can do this. So I just got cracking. And it wasn't long before I was able to get my reps to agree that I was worth investing their time and energy in. Okay. (laughs) That was just uh, old-fashioned hustling to, to oh, get, yeah. you, get your reps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's hard work, but it was worthwhile. Yeah, it's hard to, I don't know, it's hard to sometimes explain to someone not in sort of the writing profession or 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 or, 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 or acting too, because acting requires reps too, right? Like mm-hmm. that there's this like landscape of people that are essentially headhunters, looking for work for you 
uh, as you're looking for work as a writer that's not advertised anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like it's hard to be like, yeah, I'm looking for a job, but like I don't know what the job is, but I need someone to tell me what it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because they're, they're running this like this this connection between like, I don't know, lower earth and upper earth or middle earth, whatever. <laughs> I was trying it, to. It felt like it, it really feels like the way I approach it is that like, yeah, you're never going to know what jobs are out there. You're, like, you're never going to know what exactly the experience is going to end up being. Even if you have a log line, even if you have ideas about who the showrunner is or who the producers are, what the network will be, you never really know what the experience is. So going into it, I, and you've, you've probably heard this lots of times, but um, I kind of approach it of like, okay, who am I? Like, what kind of a player am I? Like, am I, you know, strong on dialogue? Am I strong on character? Am I strong on speaking to... Um, you know, the teenage characters and my strong yeah. speaking to the adult characters or the, the single mom characters or whatever it is. And just really shaping who I am as an individual and tailoring my presentation, tailoring my work towards that, because then it just becomes I am what I am and you choose who you mm -hmm. choose who you need. Yeah. It takes the pressure off of you. You don't really mold yourself into anything. You mm. you build yourself as you are. And people see that and they are able to slot you in. So, yeah, like I, I kind of see it as like preparing myself rather than preparing for a role. I, I prepare myself and then I see where I fit in. Mm -hmm. um, that's really uh, really solid advice for, for all the <laughs> all the all the listeners who are aspiring or currently writing or whatever. Uh, so why don't we get into uh, the story that I have not heard from you? Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> if you're ready for it, I am right. Are you ready for it? That's uh, the question. I, I, you. I will find, yeah, let's find <laughs> out. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be scared or happy or what. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you the story about how I was almost taken like in the Liam Neeson sense what? in Europe. Um, Whoa. So... <laughs> what a, that is drama one-on-one right there. That's first cold open, right? First five pages. You like know what the show's going to be and you're like, I'm into it. Yeah. Like, okay. I yeah. got to find this out now. Stephanie in Europe. <laughs> Stephanie in Europe. Okay. Yeah. So um, back when I was young, <laughs> younger than today, which isn't much. I was what? Like eight. No, I'm just kidding. I wasn't. Um, you're, I, you're 18. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so, yeah, it was like junior high. Yeah. No, when I was in college, I studied abroad, and I um, did a lot of traveling while I was there. I, I was based in London, but went to the continent, as it were, um, several times during the okay. semester. And um, I went to Italy with some friends, and we were going to hit up all the, the major locations like Venice, Rome, Florence. Um, we ended up out in Tuscany, you know, like it was just a, a jaunt. Mm -hmm. So because I ended up flying from London and meeting up with them after they had been on the road for like a couple of days, okay, I wasn't really on board with them from the start. Like I was like, hey, you guys plan the itinerary. Like our, my other friend John and I will fly in from London on your second or third day. We'll meet up in Venice and then we'll go from there. Mm -hmm. So it was really, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, yeah, like everyone else will handle this. I'm fine. I'll just get the plane ticket and I'll show up. So that's what happened. Um, my friend and I got our plane tickets. We showed up in Venice. 
we hit the road. We were going all these places. We were on trains and whatnot. And the last stop was going to be in Rome. We were going to finish up there. Now, at this point in time, we'd been on the road for like maybe 10 days. And everybody was really tired, probably sick of each other. Um, We were all veritable strangers. So it was kind of like, well, you know... If I'm sick of you, I only have like another day before we go back home. Wait, uh, real quick, you y'all, you you're all strangers because uh, just oh, just friends because we all... were yeah, friends of friends and people we went to school with, and you know okay. we had only known each other at that point for maybe like a few months, so oh, okay, it wasn't okay. like we were best. Got it, got best it. Best friends. Oh, got it. Okay, but friendly, like you yeah. know, when you're that age, it's like everybody's your friend, right? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we end up in Rome the first night. We get in kind of late. And we go to what we assume to be the hostel that we'd stay at. So we get there, and for some reason, this hostel did not have room for us. And I had been under the impression that, like, my friends who had been in the country longer had set it up, but that didn't happen. And this was before, not to age myself too much, but this was before you had, like, the online booking systems and stuff like that, you know, everywhere. Like, some places had them, some places didn't. Right, right. So, um, we were kind of at a, at a loss. We were like, okay, it's going on like nine 30. We've been on the road all day. What are we going to do? Where are we going to sleep? And my friends had the brilliant idea of like, let's just go to the club because the clubs would stay open until like two, 3 AM. Okay. And I was yeah. like, ah, I don't really want to do that. I'm exhausted. I just want to sleep. And they were like, let's go to the club. And I'm like, I just can't. I just can't. So my friends left. I stayed behind at the hostel. And uh, I was by myself there. Okay. Okay. So the other people who stayed in the hostel, there's like a couple people behind the desk. You You, know, they were Italian. Sorry, you're in the like the lobby of the hostel? Right. Right. Okay. Right. And it's like a little place. It's not like a huge, you know, setup. But uh, there was like the couple of people who worked there, the Italians who worked there who were behind the desk. And then there was like a little like TV room and then like a row of computers because, you know, back then you just had computer labs (laughs) (laughs) or web cafes. Yeah. (laughs) And then um, a loft that everybody had thrown their luggage in. And I was like, well, let me just climb up on that loft and just, you know, catch some Z's because I'm exhausted. I don't want to talk to anybody. My friends are gone. I'm just going to snuggle up up here on like a good old Samsonite and... Wow, okay. Sleep. So I did that, and the hours went by. And then finally I woke up because it was so uncomfortable. You can imagine, like, sleeping on these bags. You're like, yeah. there's, like, a wheel in my butt. You know, like, I don't know what's going on here. Um, so I didn't really get a whole lot of rest. So I woke up, and I'm right. like, oh, I got to come downstairs and get, like, some water or a blanket, see if they have something. I could mm-hmm. at least check to see. So I climbed down from the loft and went to the front desk and, um, by then, there were there had been two guys there before, and now there's three guys, and they're all behind there and stuff. And um, like, I was like, uh, "Do you guys are you do you not have any space at all anymore? Like, we've been here all night. Like, I, I've been here all night. Anything?" And the guy was like, "Oh no, I mean, we're we're booked up, whatever." And then the third guy, who I hadn't recognized, who was behind the desk too, he was like, "Well, actually, there's like this place. Like, I there's and he's like Italian, so he's not." speaking fluently to me but mm-hmm. he's speaking in a way that i can understand or he's like yeah yeah like i actually there is a hostel that i run too like that is 
down the way, if you just come with me, I'll, you know, there's a place. And I was like, huh, that's really tempting. It's really tempting. And I was like, uh, let me let me just wait for my friends. Let me just see what happens because I don't want to leave. And then because we didn't have we didn't have phones with, you know, international service. So yeah. we couldn't like text each other back then. So right, I was right. like, I better wait for them to come back. It was going on like two thirty or whatever. Like maybe they'll be back soon. And then I can say, hey, he might have a spot. The guy was like, OK, OK, you know, but I'm you know, I'm telling you, like, you're not going to find anything else. And mm. I'm like, OK, all right, all right, fine. Let me just wait. Let me just wait. So I sat for a little bit and it went on another 30 minutes. Nobody was coming back. And I kind of was like, okay, well, let me just, let me just go and see if I can grab my stuff or whatever. I don't really know what to do at this point. Yeah. So I go back up to the loft and kind of dilly dally trying to figure out like, what am I going to do? Like, I don't know. And then finally guys like, I'm leaving, I'm leaving. And I'm like, okay, fine. Just go. I'll just, you know, we'll get your info later. He leaves. I lay there for a little bit longer and then I come back down and I'm like, hey, can I get the information from your friend about the hostel that he was in? Like like to one of the guys who was behind the desk, right? Or yeah. who I had seen behind the desk. And the guy looks at me and he's like, wait, what? And I'm like, the guy who came in, like who said he had a hostel, your friend. Yeah. And he's like, oh, he's not my friend. He's just this, he just came in. He told us that he was a traveler. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So this guy apparently came off the street and was pretending to be a hostel guy. Okay. And was like, come with me. I have a hostel place. (laughs) Oh, do you? Maybe Maybe that story didn't work. No, we got to keep going. No, what do you wait? Wait, you, are you are you like I don't cut. No, did you did you just are you self-editing? Like what is? What? <laughs> no, no, no. No, 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 wait. So, uh did do, it, do you know what happened to the guy? No, I have no idea. He vanished into the night. I had thought because the, the lobby was the lobby. Yeah. And there were people, there were like men standing around, you know, who looked young and were like, you know, running things. I yeah. thought this guy was one of them and he wasn't. I thought that he was like a guy who was like one of the check-in people who we just didn't see before. But he was just a guy who was standing around. So if you, I mean, I guess we can launch into the Q&A part. Like, because <laughs> if you if you would have said, yeah, let's go. Uh-huh. Who knows what's going to happen. I would be gone. I would be like dead or, or like imprisoned somewhere. <laughs> well, you... You definitely would have gone off with someone that no one knew. Right. Which would have which been doomed. You would have been conned, right? <laughs> and then you, who knows? Like, I don't, I don't want to think about the worst. But right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I kind of was like, I'm really happy that I, like, something was telling me, no, wait for your friends, you know? Like, yeah. don't go off with some weird person, even though... You think he is who he is? He's probably not. You know, like my 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 intu- my intuition was telling me, mm, better wait this one out. Don't just walk out the door. Yeah, um, but then I guess on the flip side, how you, many people you, did he take? 
that do you, <laughs> yeah or like you, but you're really tired too right you could have easily just been like i don't know had some sort of blind trust and be like yeah okay uh uh let's yeah, yeah uh, where is it like right like you like it could have you could have just walked out of the hostel and then like something happened right exactly like, like if you're talking about taken like it would have been bag over the head pushed right. into a van right driven away it, it didn't even necessarily have to be you just walking to some other building like you know half a block away it could have just literally been once you're out the door something yeah snatched um <laughs> does that I mean, I guess, I mean, you haven't mentioned that experience. No, I haven't. Yeah, so, okay. Nothing happened. (laughs) It was just a weirdo. (laughs) Nothing happened, but something could happen, right? Something could have happened. But certainly it tested, I guess it tests your intuition. Yes. I mean, what he didn't know about me was that I grew up watching America's Most Wanted, Unsolved. (laughs) mysteries right and rescue 911 so i was ready i was ready i had been living on my own for a while and a lot of people can say that it's something i didn't realize until i was older that a lot of young women like they don't well you've been living on your own or like like as as like a like a street urchin no no (laughs) no like i moved away like right after high school i went to college oh yeah and i was like out of state and i did not see my family for like months got it got it and then i would go back i mean it was pretty typical but like i feel like there are a lot of young women who don't do that and they don't know that there is a lot of risk out there i remember having a conversation with a a girl who i knew yeah as an adult she expressed surprise that like she had heard a story about a guy who was like like maybe it was Ted Bundy or somebody, I don't know, but like like a method of luring women, mm. like, oh, my arm's broken, I need help moving this thing. You know, like yeah. how they did like in uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. And I was like, wait, you don't know that? You don't know that that's something that can happen? Like, you're grown up. Like, why are you surprised wow. that you can be lured? Like, wow. that's something I've known about since I was like nine. But like, um, you know, I grew up in a different age, so maybe she just didn't have that experience. But... Yeah, like talking to this stranger in Italy, I was like, well, why are you so intent on having me leave? Like, you know, like, what mm-hmm. is the deal here? And that's what my intuition was telling me, like, ah, you don't have to do this. Like, you can wait for your friends. There's like no crime in like waiting. Yeah. Um, did your friends ultimately come back? <laughs> yes. They came back in the morning and apparently they had slept in a median in the middle of the street. Oh, random. Okay. So who had the most, like, sleepless night? Like, the person who was sleeping on luggage? Right. Or the person who was sleeping in the middle of a traffic median? Like, I don't, I don't know who had a worse night. (laughs) Um, Let me, can I ask, uh, has this incident been sort of like this trigger for you in other moments since then? You know, sometimes... You know, part of this, like, series, you know, is mm-hmm. where people don't tell stuff that happened to them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it still can affect them, even though oh, they don't, yeah. they don't like, say it. Like, you don't, like, identify the original source, but maybe did you, have you had moments since then where you were like, 
oh, this is Italy again, you know? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like any sort of Maybe, like, yeah. Like I don't trust strangers, if yeah, that's what you mean. Like I don't I don't trust anybody. Like you have to earn yeah. my trust. And even if you're my friend, <laughs> you have to <laughs> earn my trust. Although I'm pretty confident that my friends aren't going to like put a bag over my head. Right, right. <laughs> and shove me into but a do car. You, uh, you know, but do you, it's kind of like, do you, get like a deja vu where like you're in a moment and then you just your mind just flashes to italy college you know what i mean i don't know probably not like it wasn't that much but see the reason why that's probably one of the reasons why i don't tell the story because it didn't really have that much of a profound effect on me it was just another example of something that i was like oh yeah my intuition was right um and that's happened before i mean it's happened since then too not with things so extreme but you know like yeah understanding that you know if something doesn't feel right it probably isn't for some reason you know whether it be like you know a money situation or you know somebody who you befriended who you don't know you can trust with like yeah you know your secrets just things like that and you know i don't necessarily flash back to rome but yeah i think about it as like a funny <laughs> like well, especially when the movie Taken came out, I was like, "Oh snap!" <laughs> I mean, funny as in nothing happened to you, but right? It could right. have been. We might even not even be having this conversation. Yeah, right I now. know. Um, I know. Let me uh, look. Watch me tie this back into the intro, <laughs> like a, any like a writer's supposed to do. Uh, you know, you're talking about intuition and, and make you know. You, you, we can we I think we can safely say you made a choice that probably was a good choice, uh, based on just just feeling out the situation. Um, I hope so. What was uh, <laughs> was there a specific moment where you were like, you know what, I'm gonna write drama. I've been writing comedy, but mm-hmm. okay, I'm gonna write drama now. Like, was there like a like a key like, oh, now I know. It was probably a building thing. It okay. was probably something that built up over time. Um, I'd always had drama ideas. Yeah. I'd written features that were drama features. Okay. Um, I'd written some hour long. I mean, some, um, I'd written an hour long that was kind of like a, a dramedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until I had this conversation actually with my mom, because <laughs> she knows me very well. Okay. She was like, you know, you're not, you don't watch comedy. Do you even enjoy it? Like, and I was like, you know what? I'm not watching. Like my favorite shows right now are dramas. Huh. And they still are. <laughs> my favorite shows are still hour-long shows. Yeah. I just like to escape into a world or escape into the lives of characters that I care about. And there's not so much escapism for me mm-hmm. with half-hour comedy. Yeah. Like, it's fun and I enjoy it, but it doesn't feel like I'm in a place like a new world or a you know like I, I I don't walk away it doesn't stick with me as much as it does with other people now, I'm not trying to bash our or I'm not trying to bash comedy but I'm just saying like sure for me my own personal experience is that I am more deeply moved by drama and it sticks with me I have dreams about it um, certain characters and stuff I'll think about yeah um, and I like that I like getting lost I was always a daydreamer like as right. a kid, like I would get lost in things. And um, while I like to laugh and one of the best things, best memories I have growing up was like going to funny movies with my friends and, you know, watching TV with my family and just laughing. But 
there is something about my inner life and my inner thoughts that tend to gravitate towards the more like, you know, dramatic or the frightening or Mm -hmm. the impactful, the romantic, you know, things like that that are a lot more involving cerebrally, I guess. Yeah. It sounds so snobby. (laughs) Well, I mean, you had... (laughs) Because there's lots of cerebral comedy. There just is. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's some great shows out right now that are hilarious and so smart. And um, I think, like, for me, the lasting impact has been the hour-long experiences. So you kind of had, you had, I guess, like, your tipping point in a way was, like, you finally had that conversation with your mom about your career path. Yeah, it was, that was kind yeah. of the, the aha moment. Yeah. Even though I had been working towards that for a while, and I had actually written, like, hour-long before we had that conversation. But that conversation was kind of like the light bulb clicking on like Mm -hmm. yeah if someone else can see it then it's real it's not made up it's not just in my head like i really do have more of an affinity towards our okay um that kind of makes me think of how just just to flip back to the hostel story of how the dudes in the lobby in the hostel didn't recognize this guy was a stranger or didn't care. I don't think they were paying any attention. I think that there was probably, there could have been a language barrier too, because it was kind of an international place. So, I mean, I don't know, like the people who were behind the desk, I assumed were Italian. They could have been from anywhere. Okay. Um, But like the guy who was also in the room or like who I thought was sort of hanging out by like the desk and stuff. Yeah. Like, who knows? Like, I mean, he was yeah. speaking to me in English, but he wasn't British or something, you know? Like, I was like, oh, yeah. Man. Plus, you know, I was just, I was the American in the room. Yeah. So I was like, well, whatever. Well, it's just like kind of interesting how they didn't really catch a sketchy guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like you... well, he looked normal. He didn't look like, like a bum. <laughs> he That's didn't have like a, you... a mustache that he was twirling. <laughs> that's how they get you they look normal uh no but just you know uh kind of just the fact that they 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 didn't see something and then you had this interaction with someone and you're like no yeah i think because it was a youth hostel there were probably youths running it who were mm. stupid <laughs> i mean it's you, like yeah. you're asking 19 to 22 year olds to think about things (laughs) yeah no and yeah i i (laughs) you're asking for too much (laughs) right yeah they might i mean like if we're being realistic yeah if they're of college aged yeah they're not and that guy was too i mean it was kind of like you know he wasn't like an old dude or anything it was like everybody was like the same age oh okay unless he was just one of those guys who looked young that that's possible well i guess that's even more uh more of a trap i guess if if someone just kind of looks similar to you and you're like oh this is not some sleazy old dude this is like this could be just another student I yeah don't know. it's yeah. like those snakes that look like butterflies on their heads and then they what, <laughs> what, is, <laughs> what is happening right now what? what is it that the plants that look like bugs okay so that the other bugs go they're like <laughs> venus fly traps and oh they... yeah okay uh the <laughs> venus fly trap yeah i was like i don't I don't yeah, know. That, I don't, that I don't, guy was definitely a Venus flytrap. I, I don't know botany the way you do. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, um, yeah. So what? Uh, I like to end, uh, you know, with a "How do you feel?" 
I get, this story was kind of interesting because it kind of did it, it scare you. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's for me. Yeah, I think I could get scared knowing what could have happened the moment you stepped out of that hostel, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, how do you kind of feel like kind of sharing sort of? I guess I would call it like a near miss. Oh, yeah. Well, I I am happy to talk about near misses because one of the key things about life is that you can learn from other people's mistakes. You don't have to learn from your own. So, like, (laughs) you know, hopefully this this show will be listened to by young travelers the world over. Sure. Who will think twice about following a Venus flytrap into the streets of a foreign city. There you go. Uh, And you feel... It's almost like a PSA. Is that how you feel? Like you just, you did a PSA. For... Just say no. Yeah. To hostels. No to hostels. Ooh. Okay. Um, I guess we, I guess we can end on. Let's end on that note. Yeah. Like a, a campaign against uh, hostels. Sure. Uh, unless, uh, unless I get a sponsor. Yeah. And it'll be a uh, hostels USA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like. And then oh this, crap. And then, and then this, and then I'll just record a like a addendum to the episode afterwards. Like, oh, the opinions of Stephanie Coggins does not represent Hostel USA and this podcast. Um, but I don't have a sponsor, so it's fine. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, cool. If you do get a sponsor, get one that's like for, I don't know, <laughs> Rescue 911. Uh, I'm re- trying to The get, remake. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to get, what kind of sponsor would I love? <laughs> I don't know. Cream uh, cheese. Uh, I don't know Amazon. Oh yeah, for sure Cause Amazon because they run the world. So you know you get, Apple get in on that. You know I would actually I would be into uh, Whole Foods. Oh, that would be tight. Yeah. Yeah. Also owned by Amazon. That's true. But specifically the Whole subsidiary Foods. Subsidiary of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not to launch into we should we should close <laughs> out, but Whole Foods has good groceries. They do. I know, and it, it is pricier. Yes. It is extremely pricey. For sure, but. You're paying for good quality, and that's we, something we hope. I mean, <laughs> wait, no, did no. I just ruin the sponsorship too? <laughs> Stephanie's trying to just destroy my podcast. Nobody's uh, sponsor. Okay, for thanks for listening to this unsponsored episode. Uh, I want to thank Stephanie for being here, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you. All right, bye. Bye. Ready for another episode? Well, check us out at beststoryinevertold.com. Or also find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or a number of other podcast aggregators. And if you're interested in sponsoring a future episode of this series, please contact us at beststoryinevertold at gmail.com. <laughs>